0: And for today's episode of Surprise Topics that Jason has no idea I was going to bring up until we started recording, it's another national holiday.
1: Oh, God. No. (laughs) Why? Because why? What do you mean? We could do do every episode because there's some made-up holiday every single day.
0: Well, yes and no, but I did go through... I did go through the calendar and only pick national holidays that I thought would be interesting. It's not like every episode is a day. This
1: better not be like National Scone Day because we're not going to fill an episode about scones. Well, maybe we could. I feel like scones are. I love scones, but they have to be the right consistency. I find that scones are typically too dry.
0: Do you know that there's a whole Curb Your Enthusiasm episode about that? (sighs) Like the, the new season, the current season I'm glad I'm in alone. 2020 of Curb Your Enthusiasm. i link is, to it in the show notes. Okay. There is a whole episode about the perfect scone. Okay, and that so is a So then thing. we won't need to talk about N- that, it.
1: That's a thing. I agree. And it's rare that I find a scone. First of all, you go into a bakery, not a lot of people have scone. scones. Scones are maligned. National
0: Scone Day. Why are oh, we even God. talking about All this? right, fine.
1: What day is it?
0: Well... It's National Napping Day. Oh, Christ.
1: It's National (laughs) Napping Day. Yep. We're going to do an episode on naps, is what you're about to tell me. Why not?
0: This is an important part of our health and wellness. I took a nap today. It's 11 a.m. Yep. Already took a nap. What are
1: you talking about? (laughs) What do you mean?
0: I got up six hours ago. And here's the deal. So three days a week, I wake up at 5.15 a.m. And I have found... That if I don't take a nap, it's really hard for me to make it to the end of the day, especially if we're recording a podcast. There was one episode we recorded and I was sitting here the whole time really regretting not taking a nap before. So you should be thanking me that I took a, a nap today because I feel very energized right now.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for taking a nap. And I
0: feel like this is an art form because I've actually struggled with taking naps my whole life and I still do.
1: What is the struggle exactly?
0: Well... We're going to find out today as I dig into some of the research about National Napping Day, because just as we did in our previous episode, which was what what day? was Oh, reading day. Read Across America Day was the other episode, which we'll link to in the show notes at wellevator.com if you haven't listened to that episode yet. We found some interesting information about reading, right? Correct. So this is part of the fun is we're learning on the fly, you and me right? We're not always here to share wisdom. We're also here to learn new wisdom. Well,
1: before you share this thing, I did read an article last year because I was also starting to implement occasional naps last year in 2019. And I, before you jump into what you found, I was reading an article that NASA did some research on napping. And I, I don't know if this was part of the space program with the astronauts for rejuvenation or whatnot, but they found that the optimal time for mental and physical rejuvenation for a nap was around 22 minutes.
0: Exactly. That's what I was going to bring up. So
1: for me, I started actually setting my clock for 25 minutes to give myself three minutes to kind of like settle in, and then 22 minutes to like really go there. And I found, interestingly, that for me when I nap, if I do 30 minutes or less – I feel a good sense of renewal and rejuvenation. If I go 40, 45, or an hour, I typically will wake up with that weird, drugged, cotton-mouthy, like, where am I? Like I almost got too much rest. So I found that for me, there is a window that is optimal. And yeah, lately I've been doing 25 minutes and aiming for that 22-minute window of nap time. But here's the based thing. I just looked research. this up
0: to confirm. Please. And this is part of my challenge is it takes 10 to 20 minutes just to fall asleep.
1: Interesting.
0: So you actually, if you want to be asleep for 22 minutes, you should probably set your alarm for 45 minutes to give yourself plenty of time to wow. fall asleep.
1: That's a commitment now. 45 minutes is a commitment. Well, this is
0: what I do, but I find it it's really interesting. I've had a lot of sleep challenges, which we've talked about in other episodes, which we can link to as well in the show notes. And... For me, one of the things that that tends to happen when I'm taking naps is I feel so anxious about the short amount of time I'm going to fall asleep that I have trouble sleeping. And this happened during today's nap. I gave myself a little under an hour because I knew that it would take me some time to fall asleep. And usually 20 minutes doesn't feel quite enough to me. And usually when I give myself an hour, mentally, I'm so on edge that I can barely sleep. Like, I I experience a lot of anxiety during that time frame. I usually... My best naps are when I just sleep without an alarm on. However, I will typically sleep for hours, especially on days like today. I think on Monday, I allowed myself to take an unlimited nap, and I slept for like three or four hours straight, but... Being mindful of that, I only got like five or six hours of sleep. So it was like my body was naturally trying to catch up to eight or nine hours, which is what I feel best with. So that's what I struggle with a lot. And and, and the reason I want to talk about napping is there is a lot of data that napping is helpful. And yes, I've also heard the same thing about the 20 minutes being ideal. But for me, I find it really tricky. It's like my brain is unhappy with the time constraints However, I will say that now that I have, I did take that nap, I don't know how exactly how long I was asleep during that hour-ish period of time I gave myself. I do feel rejuvenated. I feel energized. So even though immediately after waking up, I didn't feel like I got enough sleep, it did have some impact on me. It kind of like took some time to sink in, if that makes sense.
1: Well, when you take a nap, do you employ blackout shades or a sleeping mask yes. or how you do. Okay. Well, that's yeah. good. So today
0: I w- my little setup during the day, since it's bright and the room that I was sleeping in doesn't have blackout shades at the moment, I have my body pillow, which is like one of the greatest things I've found for sleeping. It's the Essentia organic memory foam pillow. We'll link to that in the show notes. It is one of the greatest things maybe I've, I've ever owned for my body. It makes such a huge impact for me because it gives my hips some elevation. I I usually get some pain in my hips and my hip pain has gone almost entirely away after sleeping with a body pillow. kidding. I didn't know that. Yep. It's huge. And also because of some of the sleep disturbances I've found, which I think are rooted in anxiety, it's very comforting to have something completely surrounding me. And it's interesting because one of my friends is pregnant and women commonly use a body pillow when they're pregnant so that their stomach can rest on something. That's like probably the most common reasons somebody gets a body pillow. She says she feels like claustrophobic in a body pillow. So it's interesting how people are different. But for me, it gives me like a sense of security to feel surrounded by something. And that specific body pillow by essential is like the perfect amount of padding, And it's like huge. So it takes up my entire body. It's amazing. (laughs) So anyways, I have that. And then I also have that great sleep mask that... Do you still use that one, Jason? It's called... um, Dream Sleeper. Yes.
1: Yeah. Sometimes I get too hot because it also covers the ears and does some... It's uh, like
0: really... Sound buffeting. Wide. Yeah.
1: It sometimes makes my head too hot. So I'll Mm. actually vacillate between that one and the... I can't remember the other brand from... Bed, bath, and beyond.
0: Right. We'll link to those at, in the show notes if you're curious. We've we've experimented with a lot of, what are they called? Eye masks? Eye masks, okay. yeah.
1: But my, my whole thing is doing as much sensory deprivation as possible, whether I'm sleeping or napping. And the reason I asked you about the blackout shades or the eye masks is you know, sleeping in complete darkness or as close to complete darkness as possible helps your brain secrete more melatonin. So, you know, there are some other and I'm, I'm getting into science mode a little bit, but I've had a lot of sleep issues, a massive amount of sleep issues the past two years. And so I've done a lot of biohacking in terms of consumables and technology to then try and give me... Why'd you get, get
0: so to, upset when I was like, we're talking about napping today?
1: No, I got triggered because it was just like, another national holiday.
0: National scone day. There's a whole yeah. point in picking. I understand I'm now. i just using that as an excuse now. to talk about this. The third <laughs> thing that I found, so in addition to the body pillow and the sleep mask to give the sensory deprivation, is also white noise. And this is really helped me over the years. I maybe like 10 or 15 years ago I realized how much better I slept with white noise and I discovered it by having a air filter going. Just the hum of an air filter was really nice or the hum of a fan and then I realized that I enjoyed it so much that I had trouble when I was traveling and didn't have those sounds. So I downloaded the apps on on the iPhone, which we can link to a few of our our favorites too at WellEvator.com. If you're curious about any of these sleep hacks, we will put them there. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. Go to the podcast section and then find this episode and we'll have links to everything we're discussing here. So the apps work fairly well, but the game changer I discovered about six months ago, which is called the Electrofan. And it is a tiny, well, not, maybe not tiny, but it's a small device that plugs into the wall and it has like 20 different white noise sounds and it's supposed to sound like a fan. But what's great about that is it sounds more like a fan and the the, the speaker on it has got a different quality to it than my iPhone does. So it affects me in a different way. It might be like a frequency or it might be, I don't know what the terminology is, but how... Different speakers emit different qualities of sound, It's correct? a different wavelength. Yes. yes. And so that actually is designed specifically for really great white noise versus your phone is like for all different types of sound. So for me, having that little device makes a massive difference. And it's so perfectly calibrated. It like feels like it fills the room with noise Yeah, versus my phone didn't quite... Now, before I got the electrofan, I also found great success in using Sleepphones, which is a company that designs headphones specifically for sleeping. So we'll link to them as well. They have two different types. They have a wired type, which is kind of like their old school, which I've been using for probably a year and a half or so. And then they have a new Bluetooth that I was very skeptical about, but it works phenomenally well. And they're not that expensive. I think they're like 30 to $40. Don't quote me on that, but we'll link to that as well. And that was another great investment because uh, depending on the environment that I'm in, a white noise machine may not cancel out all the noise. So sometimes, like Jason's experience with his we'll neighbors... We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> if there's really loud noise that is not being drowned out, wearing a pair of headphones pretty much cancels out. All noise. So you could go to the extreme and have all these things, like I do, simply because sleep is so important, and especially when it comes to napping. If you have such a short amount of window of time, yeah. you can't risk not falling asleep or or resting well. You know, you need to have that quality sleep. So being like armed with all of these different tools is really helpful.
1: Yeah, and I think for me with nap time, it's a much more reserved version of what I do before bedtime. So, for naps, for me, the three things that I do is I have blackout shades in my bedroom. So, I'll pull those. They're not complete darkness, but it's close. And then I also do the sleep mask. This is for naps. But then I actually do a really restorative pose that the first person that taught me this was actually not in yoga. It was a doctor I was working with when I lived in my Venice house years ago. His name was Dr. Steven Steitler. He's in LA. He's still practicing. Really great guy.
0: But it's a great name,
1: Steven Steitler. And he showed me what his favorite position for napping and rejuvenation was. And it's basically that you lay flat on the floor, on your back, and you put your legs up on a chair or a couch or an ottoman as if it's a 90-degree angle. So your, your back's flat, your arms are out, and your legs are on a 90-degree angle. And he said what this does is it relaxes and resets the parasympathetic nervous system. So actually, sometimes with naps, I will literally just lay on the floor of my bedroom, put my legs up on my bed frame, and just do my nap then with the eye mask on and the shades drawn. I don't take any any remedies for naps. You know, I reserve those just for nighttime because those are pretty hardcore. So I I actually have a sleep like
0: melatonin and magnesium and all that. I have that. a
1: sleep cocktail. So I actually have the last thing that I consume before bed. And also I found is that having my last meal 3 to 4 hours or more before I go to bed has also been beneficial for sleep I've noticed in my body. But my nighttime cocktail before I go to bed, first of all I've been using the swanic blue blockers that you turn me on to. So if I'm working at night, looking at my phone, doing anything, the blue blocking glasses are on. Meals are stopping three to four hours or more before bedtime. But my last thing that I consume is tart cherry juice. has to be tart cherry. It can't be black cherry or sweet cherry. It has to be tart because that has the most melatonin producing capability. So tart cherry juice, I mix in a tablespoon of magnesium I put in a little bit of elderflower extract, and then I take these pills called Restwell. They're from a great company that I love called Viri Every Day. My friend Rinda makes these products, and they're all mental health-supporting super herbs and superfoods.
0: We'll link to those as well, wellevator.com.
1: So the Restwell formula is a mix of GABA, valerian, and hops. And I take two of those along with the tart cherry juice, the elderflower, and the magnesium. And I also do CBD before bedtime. So I actually have a whole supplement routine that I, I use as part of my biohacking regimen. And much like you, Whitney, I love white noise. But my mom actually sent me a couple years ago a Honeywell air filter. And it's a small one. It's not a whole house air filter. I have a different one. It's from a blue brand. We'll link to both of those in the show notes as well, the Honeywell and the blue. So I have the blue filter, which is a house filter. It does the whole house. But this small Honeywell filter acts not only as an air filter for the room for my nasal issues – but also has great, like I love the sound, the pitch and the, the mm-hmm. tone of it is so good.
0: Yep. It's got to drown out the cats.
1: No, it does. But here's the biggest challenge. It drowns out the cats. It drowns out any kind of road noise or cars going by, although my house is set far enough back from the street. The one big challenge that I've had to up my game on though is the neighbors will often throw these really loud parties. Like They'll have live bands in the backyard playing and they'll go to like sometimes 2, 3 a.m., Like to the point where I've had to call the cops on them. Spoiler alert. But since they go loud and they go till 2 or 3 a.m. on occasion, I've had to rely on using headphones. And actually there's an app that I use that has nature sounds because I find that my body really loves the sound of a thunderstorm or rushing water. And so the specific app I use, I don't have it off the top of my head, but That is the final option if all the other things are failing and the neighbors are having a rager. I put the headphones in and I use the nature sounds and then I can actually fall asleep.
0: I really feel like you need a pair of those sleep phones, though, because it's such a huge difference when you sleep with flat headphones versus having a pair of earbuds in your ears. It is uncomfortable. It It is
1: uncomfortable and it takes me a minute to adjust. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the only concern, if I'm going to be blunt about it, is I'm not a fan of wireless earbuds.
0: But you can use the wired. They have a wired pair, oh, as they I do. said earlier. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I yeah. see. So they have both the wired pair. Actually, you could just borrow my wired pair because I rarely ever use okay, them. Okay, great.
1: Yeah, because I, I don't like how my brain feels because I have a pair of wireless earbuds that, you know, I got a couple years ago and I started to feel funky when I use them. And I think that my body is really sensitive to EMF fields in general. And I just, for my body, obviously, there's a lot of research about 5G and a lot of research about wireless tech being in our ears and stuff. I just, my body doesn't feel good on it. So I I typically don't use wireless things in my ears, just like I try to limit my exposure to cell phones by putting it right up to my head.
0: Right, right. We'll use the wired pair. Yeah. That's why they exist. Thanks. All right. Well, let's look into some stats on on napping.
1: Yeah, because we gave you that one, the, the NASA study that I mentioned, but you have some more, Whitney. I
0: must say that this website that we referenced last time... Is really helpful. It's called nationaltoday.com. It's got a great layout. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. And what's neat is they they tell you about what day it is and they give you like activities you could do. They give you like tips on on whatever the subject matter is. It's very well done.
1: It's so niche and so specific. I
0: know, but it's like it got a great layout. So So the tips okay. are for napping day. This year, it looks like National Napping Day falls on a few different days depending on the the time of year or the, the year exactly, but for 2020, it's on March 9th. And it's not an official holiday, as they said, but it's the brainchild of the most credible of sources, Dr. William Anthony, who's a former Boston University researcher. And, oh, it happens one day after daylight savings time, oh, that's which perfect. is always important to keep in mind. That's which, perfect. If you're listening to this, it's already happened. And this is the day in the year when people are most sleep-deprived. I'm actually very excited about Daylight Savings. We're obviously recording this beforehand. It's February 12th today. Because it means more sunlight. Oh my gosh, I love it so it much. And sunlight. It also falls during Natural Products Expo, which we have an upcoming episode on that too. So it's, it's just like a fun time of year. But it is true that it's easy to become sleep deprived because you technically lose an hour of sleep depending on where you live, I suppose. Some parts of the world do not celebrate Daylight Savings time. So he really wants to encourage people to take naps so that they can catch up. So um, revamping your sleep supplies is one of the things as we just discussed. So it's maybe replacing the pillow. I I cannot say enough about Essentia in general. I think they're an incredible brand. Jason and I both have their mattresses. But their pillows, I think, are actually even better than the mattress. Because I travel with the pillow, a literal travel pillow, the one that goes around your neck. And I have, would you never use your Essentia travel pillow? I
1: do on occasion.
0: Okay, maybe never is extreme, but you don't use it that much.
1: Here's the deal as a sidebar I'm so in my mode when I am traveling that I, I know where my suitcase is, I have my toiletries bag, I have like kind of my routine that I don't have that pillow in a spot. And you know where it would remind me of in in real time I'm just figuring this just out. Just
0: put it in your luggage.
1: That's exactly That's what I was about us. to say. Yeah. And, you just and so, gotta keep it so with for your luggage me, so you don't it's, forget it's it. It's in a part of the closet that I wouldn't normally like look up and <laughs> register. So f- to your point, it's about preparation and having it literally in the luggage I'm <laughs> yes. used to use to your
0: point. But for naps, I mean I guess you could use the travel pillow for naps. Actually when you lay on the floor, Jason, I wonder if that would be worth trying. And I even bring it in the car for road trips because a lot of people nap during a road trip. So I always bring that pillow because a lot of people, when they sleep on whether it's a plane or a car, their heads will go forward, which puts a lot of strain. (laughs) So, if you what I really love about the Essentia sleep pillow is that it snaps on the back, so it actually covers your entire neck. And unlike a lot of pillows, which are a lot thinner. This one is very thick, so it it keeps your neck up at a a good angle so you can sleep better. I do just want to say their pillows in general are really great. There's one other company that I got a pillow from a few years ago that I really liked. And if I can remember the name, I will put it in the show notes. I no longer have that pillow but it was phenomenal. I was very impressed by it. I'm just very partial to Essentia because overall, I think their products are really amazing. So if you need to replace that pillow, that makes a big difference. That's
1: tip one. Okay.
0: Yep. Let's see what else nationaltoday.com has to say. Well, they do mention that some companies have started installing nap pods in their office, which is really smart. I wish that all companies offered this because when I used to work a full-time job, I would often take a nap during my lunch break and it was kind of like I'd be on the hunt for a place to nap sometimes I would go sleep in my car sometimes like one of my jobs was at somebody's home and I would go sleep on a couch in a in a room that I could go into but when I worked for Apple for example like a lot of us would just like sometimes sleep in the corners or on the floor you know like put our heads on the lunch tables like whatever we could do to take naps and it's kind of sad I feel like more places should embrace that. Having like a spot to nap would really make a big difference in people's productivity because midday napping increases motor performance and creativity. So people that struggle with sleep, as many people do, could really benefit from a little nap during their lunch break.
1: The one, the first place that I saw that nap pods were areas that were like dedicated rest areas for employees was at the Googleplex the first time I yeah, went there. Yeah, that's
0: what they Back mentioned. In, uh, yeah, in 2006.
1: I remember seeing them and so going, like, That is cool. That is really smart because obviously they understand the research about productivity. And to be honest, they want to keep people on campus working as long as possible. Yeah. I mean, that's let's just be blunt about that. True.
0: That's why they're set up. But I have to say, whenever I've gone into Google or Facebook or any of these big tech companies, their offices are stellar. They've got great food and drinks and activities and places to sleep and exercise. I mean, I kind of wish I had all that <laughs> built into my life.
1: And this is but, when Wellevator decided myself. to open their corporate office. Right. Free, free puppy cuddles.
0: This is interesting, too. Studies show that after taking a midday 60-minute nap, people could handle more frustration and were less impulsive. And that's compared to people who watched a 60-minute nature documentary, which is also pretty relaxed. Hmm. That's really interesting. I didn't think about that. When you're stressed out watching nature documentary.
1: Well, I mean, usually it's because the cinematography is so lovely and lush, and you usually have someone like Sir David Attenborough narrating. And this is when the gazelle decided to go to the stream and take a drink of water. And as the gazelle descended... I mean, it's very soothing. Shout out to Sir David Attenborough. I love that you know that
0: name. I would never know that. I
1: I loved watching nature shows as a kid, and I still do. It's such a very... it, It is a very meditative experience to watch a nature show.
0: This is another interesting fact. Apparently, many animals are called polyphasic sleepers.
1: Polyphasic.
0: Meaning that they take multiple naps during the day.
1: Cats. Shout out to cats.
0: (laughs) Until the invention of electricity and affordable artificial lighting, humans slept in at least two long stretches during the night. They first slept for about four hours, called first sleep. Then they woke up for a few hours, during which they smoked, visited their friends, and ran other errands. Then they would go back to sleep for what is now called second sleep. This pattern of sleeping went out of fashion by the 17th century as more and more people began to afford ways to artificially light up their homes after dark.
1: Fascinating. Fascinating.
0: I've thought about that too, because it's just so interesting how our society like centers our, our days around certain periods of time. and And I wonder if a lot of our sleep challenges are just based on the fact that the way that we work and live and socialize is kind of forced upon us. It's out of tune with the natural rhythm of the world. Exactly. So what if instead, I mean, I love places like Spain where like napping is part of the culture. For sure. You know? So maybe we need to do more of that. I feel like we need to remove the stigma of napping.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing too was when I took my first trip to Costa Rica, I was there with a friend Solomon and we were basically constructing a yoga ashram that he was building kind of not in the middle of the rainforest, but it was a remote area. And when it got dark, you went to sleep. And there wasn't a town to go to or a place to go party or there was no artificial light. We had candles. But the point was when the sun went down, you went to bed. Mm-hmm. Sun comes up, you get up, you bathe, you work. So to me, in the modern civilized world, we have created technologies that have kept us out of rhythm with the natural cycles. Mm-hmm. So we are, we are kind of attuning our body to an artificial cycle, trying our best
0: dot daysoftheyear.com has a, a nice little quote that I feel like Jason would enjoy. Go for it. This is from Barbara Jordan, who said, Think what a better world it would be if we all, the whole world, had cookies and milk about three o'clock every afternoon and then lay down on our blankets for a nap. Doesn't that sound so sweet? Yeah, it
1: does, because it appeals to the inner child.
0: <laughs> and that's like what we did as kids.
1: Yeah, well, and also it it made us less irritable. It made us easier to deal with. And so most humans are just children in adult bodies with technical educations. And so if our inner child is fed and taken care of and we're feeling irritable or feeling fussy, yeah, I mean, shoot, I get grumpy all the time. Maybe I should take more naps. Maybe you should.
0: <laughs> this is also interesting. I mentioned Spain. They have their siesta. And then apparently in the Mediterranean, it's standard everywhere you go. In Italy, Mm-hmm. I can't tell from this sentence if this is something that is current or historical, but some people take like two to three hour naps in the middle of the afternoon, which is like what I was talking about. And it's funny because when I say that to people, I feel kind of embarrassed.
1: Why? Well,
0: because again, there's like the stigma of like, you you nap for that long. Is that healthy? Is that lazy? Right?
1: Oh, there's the word. And so
0: okay. I certainly don't think so. But So I just keep it to myself, except on this podcast. But it's really interesting, I guess, part of it, apparently, for the Mediterranean is because the hottest hours of the day occur in the middle of the afternoon, and that's when it makes sense to take a break. And it also has to do with circadian rhythms and the changeover point between the wake cycle and the sleep cycle. So that's why mid-afternoon is really good. And then another study is apparently found that thirty there's a 37% reduction in occurrences of coronary mortality in those who take an afternoon nap regularly.
1: Okay, so it has a direct benefit to your heart health. Wow, that is interesting. Mm -hmm. I think though, if I may, can we dig into something really quick because I don't want to gloss it over? The whole cultural narrative, because here on this podcast, we love decoding and examining cultural narratives. The idea of laziness in a culture that, as we talk about so much, is work, 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 hustle, grind, 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 hit your goals, hit your dreams, blah, blah, blah. So there's a subconscious script running about, oh, well, you shouldn't take a nap because that's taking time away from work, right? So maybe this laziness or this fear of judgment is counter to this cultural narrative that's telling us we have to work ourselves and outwork everyone to make our dreams come true and hit our goals and crush it and have bigger revenues this month. I mean, we're, we're in a workaholic society. So taking naps is rebellious.
0: It's and st- statistically, uh, depending on the, the report that you read, one in three adults don't get enough sleep. And I've seen it upwards of 80% of people say I've that they have sleep challenges. And so it's kind of crazy. So if, if we can kind of negate some of those sleep challenges by taking a nap, is negate the right word? Offset? Offset. Yes. Okay. And so I think that hopefully this episode has inspired people to get into that. There's a lot of different articles about it. There's all sorts of interesting history, but here's some others. So decrease heart-related death, as we talked about, improve short-term alertness from a 20-minute nap. That can really help improve performance. Humans are the only mammals to plan or delay naps. (laughs) <laughs> that right? doesn't surprise me I mean it is interesting when you do me. see see your animals take naps all day long right and how again to your point Jason like we just conditioned ourselves not to do these things completely taking a midday nap can lower blood pressure which is really important
1: I see a business opportunity here Whitney <laughs> what is it we're gonna start something called you know how there's Fight Club Club uh-huh. Nap Club Nap Club I don't know what that means yet, but it just came like came to my mind. Nap club. There's something here. There's something here to, to encourage or get people together. Maybe there's a space where it's just a bunch of nap pods with non-dairy milk and cookies. And we're like, come take a nap, y'all, whenever you need one. Come to the nap space. People rent a nap pod. They get their milk and cookies. Play some quiet music. I don't, I'm seeing a monetization opportunity. <laughs> I am. I'm, I am. I am. Well, nap I think club. they're
0: actually... I feel like this might have been on Shark Tank... Am I thinking of this correctly? I feel like I saw it somewhere where they're like nap pods, like companies can get them installed. There was definitely like a phone booth or something like you could go in. Maybe that was on Shark Tank. but, But I do think that would be neat, right? If all businesses had that. There might even be like businesses based around napping, like you go into their location and you take a nap. So your office doesn't have to have it
1: No, that's what I'm saying. Nap club would be a physical location where, let's say, how many times you're in the middle of, say, New York City, you're visiting Manhattan, you're exhausted, you want a place to recharge, you're just like, oh, God, I don't want to go all the way back to the hotel or whatever it is. And you have a a nap pod you could rent with milk and cookies at a physical location. (laughs) Vegan
0: milk and cookies. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and so I'm just saying like nap club.
0: Hmm. Well,
1: putting it out there.
0: I mean, I don't know if I want to do that, but I don't know if I do either. But somebody else might want to. Ideas. If that doesn't already exist, it really should, though. I I agree. It's like, and also at conferences and trade shows, like at Natural Products Expo. Oh my
1: god, if there were nap pods, oh could, could, my god, I think
0: they even ha- kind of have something like that. But the trick is like having enough for everybody. Yeah, it's called
1: a bathroom stall.
0: Yikes! No thanks. <laughs>